Dan Dickow here for Gonzaga Nation SI on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Well, the Sweet 16 is set. It's going to be uh, an awfully good round of the NCAA tournament leading to the Elite Eight and the regional finals games to be played uh, beginning Thursday to allow teams to play Saturday and then Friday games to be played Sunday for a chance to go to the Final Four in Houston. I'm going to break down a little bit about each game, give you my predictions, and then in a separate pod, I'll go in-depth on the Gonzaga-UCLA matchup that will be in Las Vegas. But we'll start in the South. We have the one-seed Alabama Crimson Tide against number five-seed San Diego State. Uh, Most people nationally probably are expecting Alabama to roll here. Alabama, one of the best offensive teams in the country. They are also one of the best defensive teams in the country, rightfully so, being a one-seed uh, Coach Nate Oates is doing a tremendous job in Tuscaloosa. I do think Alabama is going to win, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. San Diego State, unbelievable on the defensive end, make you fight for absolutely everything. Coach Brian Dutcher um, does an unbelievable job of of recruiting guys that want to defend, take pride in defending on the defensive end, and then go out and execute the defensive game plan. Think about this. they got uh, They're an experienced, older basketball team. But the transfer portal guys that they brought in, Darion Trammell from Seattle U, as well as Michael Micah Parrish from Oakland in the Horizon League, both were all-league defensive team. Then you couple that with Lamont Butler, a tremendous perimeter defender. Uh, Jaden Ledee, also a transfer with size and rebounding. Uh, and then Nathan Mensah, the reigning Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. There's no wonder they won the Mountain West, even though Boise State gave them a scare. No wonder they met, won the Mountain West title and the tournament title. Should be interesting to see the first time they've been to the Sweet 16 in a long time. Um, I'm not surprised by it, but I do expect Alabama to move on. Should be good, though. A better game than most people think. The one problem for San Diego State is at times they can go through struggle scoring droughts. They can struggle to score at times, but their defense is a constant. Uh, Also in the South region, six seed Creighton against Princeton. Um, Tremendous matchup here. Creighton traditionally or in recent years has wanted to play really fast. Uh, They've got a great point guard, Ryan Nemhart, who allows them to play fast. Uh, Baylor Shireman is a good transfer uh, who can do a little bit of everything. Kalk Brenner uh, on the interiors, Division II to Division I transfer who gave them a lot of rim protection and in interior defense against Princeton. Get this, head coach Mitch Henderson was part of both of two Princeton wins in the or two in Princeton games in the NCAA tournament as a player. Actually, yes, they were two wins, so four total games. But then he's been a part of both wins in Princeton basketball history over the last 30 years as a coach. Pretty impressive. The 15th seed knocking off Arizona and then taking care of Missouri. Two contrasting styles. Arizona wants to push it, play focus offensively. Missouri, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Their spacing and patience against the zone to break it, and then their ability to shoot it from beyond the three-point line was great in their round of 32 game in Sacramento. I do unfortunately expect the ride to end for Princeton here. And I look for Creighton out of the big East to move on in the East FAU, the nine seed against Tennessee, the four Uh, FAU unbelievable story. 
Um, and the fact that they were 31 and three coming in the NCAA tournament, they were ranked as high as 19th during the course of the year, uh, had to, uh, had to kind of, uh, get through the conference USA tournament title. Uh, and then in the first round, a big win in the eight, nine matchup before they took on everybody's favorite FDU, uh, in a monumental 16 versus nine matchup. So one of the underdogs was going to make it to the sweet 16 in the East bracket after, the round of 64 happened, but uh tremendous basketball team. They play fast. They play free on that end of the floor. Defensively, they'll change things up a little bit going against a uh, fourth seeded Tennessee led by Rick Barnes, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Statistically, I believe they are the number one defensive team, UCLA being two Houston three right now, last I checked, but uh, Tennessee is, is an example of what the transfer portal and the extra COVID year can do. Uh, they are as experienced as you can imagine defensively. They're tremendous. They're physical. Every single cut, every single screen, every single shot is contested. Offensively, they can go through lulls, which is where I think it will ultimately trip them up. But um, I have Tennessee advancing in the East. The other game in the East, a 3-7 matchup, Kansas State and Michigan State. For Michigan State first, um, you know, when you watch them play against Gonzaga in November on the aircraft carrier, you didn't think uh, they were a great team, but you know, with Tom Izzo, he was going to get the most out of his team. He does every single year and he's done it once again, for the fact that they are a seven seed advanced to the sweet 16 um, kind of being that bright spot for the big 10 right now. Cause Indiana's out, Purdue's out, you go on Illinois out, you all go on down the list. Uh, big 10 is struggling once again in the NCAA tournament. Northwestern's out. But they face a three seed Kansas State uh, led by first year coach Jerome Tang, who's uh, you, you want to look at culture, you want to look at joy and playing the game and coaching the game. That's these guys. Kansas State epitomizes that. Uh, Keontae Johnson, who uh, uh, had a medical issue when he was at Florida a little over a year ago, um, found a home, a set of doctors at Kansas State, cleared him to play. He's been great. But I think the story really is their point guard, Mike Marquise. Noel has been tremendous. 27 points, I believe five assists in the second round win. I've got Kansas State advancing to the Elite Eight in that one. In the Midwest, you got Houston, the one seed against number five, Miami. Um, Kelvin Sampson's got his team poised for another Final Four run. Uh, they're so good on the defensive end. They fight you for everything, just like Tennessee. They're big, they're strong, they're physical. Marcus Sasser, um, you know, has battled uh, a groin injury at the end of the AAC tournament, as well as the first two rounds. But uh, he played a little bit in the second round game. If he's good to go, I've, I, I really like Houston's chances. Um, you've also got some tremendous uh, potential in the front court. Jerace Walker, uh, remember that name, freshman, who's probably going to declare for the NBA draft, would not be surprised to see him go top 10 or top 12. He's that talented, uh, and his future uh, is that bright. But they face a Miami team coached by out of the ACC, coached by Jim Laranega, um, who surprised some people. They were one of the most active teams in the, in the NIL, and that's paid off. <laughs> Nigel. Pack coming over from Kansas State uh, has been solid for them. But the story is Isaiah Wong throughout the year. He's been uh, really good. ACC player of the year. When's the last time you said that 
for a player from Miami, a player that's not from Duke, not from North Carolina, uh, not from NC State. Um, so terrific job uh, in Miami um, to be a five seed and advance to the Sweet 16. But I'm going to have to go with Houston. I think they're just too good. There's too much um, defensive intensity. Uh, I've got Houston advancing. In the other regional semifinal in the Midwest, the three seed Xavier takes on two seed Texas. Texas obviously followed college basketball. You know, it's an up and down crazy year. Started off uh, opening their own home arena on campus, blew out Gonzaga by 20, tempered some of those expectations for Gonzaga, accelerated some expectations from Texas. Chris Beard gets in some off the court issues as head coach. He's fired Rodney Taylor. He takes over as interim coach and he's been great. Timmy Allen's bought in. Serge Barry Rice has bought in. Uh, Marcus Carr has bought in uh, another experienced veteran physical basketball team on the defensive end offensively. Um, you know, they like to spread it around and get lots of guys involved um, and, and beat you in that way. But Xavier, Sean Miller's back after one year off from coaching after being fired from Arizona. He's completely changed his style before he was kind of a uh, defensive oriented um, he's really kind of had his hands on every single play in the half court offensively. Now he's playing out of concepts, letting guys go, giving them confidence, some freedom to just be themselves and play. Uh, and, and it's paid off. Uh, Suli Boom has been great. Uh, Jack Nungy has been great, uh, just to name a couple of those guys. Uh, so in that three, two game, I actually have Texas, though, advancing uh, to face Houston for a right to go to the final four in Houston, Texas. So that's going to be a heck of a matchup in the West in Las Vegas. First time Vegas has ever hosted uh, games in the NCAA tournament. It's kind of a prep for the NCAA final four, which will be there uh, in a couple of years. But in the eight, four matchup, Arkansas versus UConn, Arkansas with their head coach, Eric Musselman um, does an unbelievable job of uh, quick transitions, quick, uh, adjustments from one game to the next due to his NBA background. Uh, he, he can kind of sift through a lot of, uh, of the film and the video and, and figure out what he wants his team to focus on. And I think that was a big part of why they beat Kansas. Um, you know, th th they obviously beat them, but they had good production. They had good minutes. Jordan Walsh, um, Ricky Council for Nick Smith, Anthony Black, a really talented team that can uh, score. They're willing to defend. They had some injury issues throughout the year, but now they're looking healthy. Now they're looking good going against the UConn team out of the Big East, coached by Dan Hurley, that a lot of people had after their tremendous start. I believe they started 11 and 0. After that start, many people started talking about them to a Final Four. Adam Sonogo is a really good interior player. Um, this should be a heck of a game. And uh, it's you, you go into this game, you know you're going to walk out with bruises. It's going to be that physical. Um, there's going to be adjustments made by both coaches. Uh, but at the end, I've got Arkansas winning to head to the Elite Eight for the second year in a row. In the final game in Las Vegas, in the West region, to have a chance to advance and play Arkansas in the regional final is Gonzaga, the three seed against UCLA. I will touch on this matchup in another uh, deeper in-depth look at Gonzaga versus UCLA, but just to gloss over it real quick, um, Gonzaga-UCLA has had some tremendous games over the years, especially in the NCAA tournament. 17 years ago, the Gonzaga-UCLA game where Adam Morrison uh, couldn't quite uh, get things done. Um, it wasn't necessarily his fault. UCLA just made a tremendous run down the stretch. 
You had the game in Houston uh, where Kyle Wiltshire and those guys broke through beating UCLA. And then, or, and then everybody remembers um, the final four, Jalen Suggs hitting a half court shot. So Gonzaga could advance to play Baylor in the title game. I've got Gonzaga winning in that one, but it's going to be a heck of a game. As I mentioned, I'll break that one down a little bit more in depth on a separate pod. So for Gonzaga nation SI, thanks for checking it out.